Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, stimulus and response. Way to go. That's impressive for the first service of the day. So for the last two weeks, we've been talking about the rhythm of life that God has set up for us way back in the book of Genesis. And so two weeks ago, we talked about the rhythm of work and how God's design for work fits into our life. And last week, Pastor Cole talked about the rhythm of relationships. And so this week, we're going to conclude the series and talk about the last one of the three, and that is the rhythm of rest. Now, As we launch into the message today, I'm just gonna put the disclaimer out there right now that I am horrible at resting. So everything you're about to hear from me is a struggle. But it doesn't make it less true, it just means that this is an area that I really need to grow in. And I think I've really just not been good at resting my whole entire life. But I think back, I think college is where I really solidified bad resting habits in my life. I mean, me and my friends would sit around and be, we'd be like, I'll get enough sleep when I'm dead. And we would drink, you know, a couple cases of Dr. Pepper after midnight and we would goof around at three or four in the morning and then get up and show up for an eight o'clock class. All right. Is that just me or did anybody else do that? Okay, a few of us, right? I was burning the candle at both ends of life, right? A couple places in the middle, and I was proud and excited to do it. I mean, at my worst, I remember I was up 52 hours straight one time. It was a Wednesday, got up, went to class, you know, did my normal thing. I was a youth ministry intern, so I went to church that night, got home from church late, and I had a test to study for the next day. But my friends, we're playing a game of Axes and Allies. Now that was an old board game of world conquest and domination and it was a military strategy thing and so I thought, "Mm, test, go have fun. Naturally, I chose fun and so that particular game lasted to the wee hours of the morning and so I ended up only having a couple hours to study before my Thursday morning test so I sucked down some coffee, studied for the test, went and attacked Thursday, right? Took the test, did my Thursday classes. They ended at five o'clock with my choir class. And from there, I went straight to the cafeteria because I had to gear up for a long night because naturally, I had a term paper due on Friday. And like an idiot, I hadn't even done the research. (laughs) So back in the day, we didn't have cool energy drinks like Monster or Red Bull. So I went to the cafeteria to get my go-to energy meal, which consisted of Captain Crunch and chocolate milk. Two words, sugar rush. All right, topped that off with some coffee, went to the libraries, was there researching until they kicked me out at 11, then I went back to my room, got the coffee pot going and was you know, drinking coffee, munching on no-dos like Tic Tacs and spent the rest of the night writing. Printed out the last page at 7.50 a.m., threw on a clean set of clothes, ran across campus to class, turned that paper in, And of course, I had a test later that morning, which I hadn't had time to study for because I was an idiot. So, drank some more coffee, studied for the test, went and took it in my 11 o'clock class. And then after that, I started walking across campus. And I'm here to tell you, I can to this day tell you the spot on campus it was when the caffeine buzz ran out and the sleepy hit me. And I was like... I kind of put my hand against a tree to steady for myself for a second, and then I kind of like zombie walked 
back to my dorm room because I was dying. And I'm telling you, when I got back to my dorm, I crashed. And you've heard that term before, people talk about crashing. I crashed, big time. Slept for 17 straight hours all the way through to like the next morning. And really, it took me the whole weekend, honestly, to recover from that. And I mean, it was a physical toll, it was a mental toll. And just for all of you parents and students out there, and as one who has a child going to college uh, in three months, just let me say, that was a dumb idea. Don't do what I did, because it was bad. And honestly, I didn't do really good on the paper or the tests either. That's a couple days that just need to go. But resting for me has never been easy. It's never been good. And I think that from some of your chuckles out there, and really if we just generally look at American society today, I think we'll all agree that many people share that view of rest, that resting is not that important. I'd be willing to bet there's a bunch of you in this room that share that same kind of approach to life. I'm gonna do a quick poll. How many of you would say that this last week you got eight hours of sleep a night at least half the week? Anybody? All right, hey, that's a lot of you. That's, I'd say that's about half. Good job. How many of you got eight hours of sleep last night? Okay, about half. And for the other half of you, that's why we brew 50 gallons of coffee every Sunday. It's to keep you jokers awake, right? And that's yours truly included. You'll notice I didn't raise my hand on that one because I have not been good at sleeping. But really, when we think about it, our American society, the artificial light, telecommunications, electronics, this pursuit of bigger, better, faster, more, the American dream, all of that has driven people to work longer hours, to take less vacation, and really at the end of the day to deny our bodies rest that it desperately needs. And all of that has led to a society that is more tired, more unhealthy, more stressed out than it has ever been. But that's what God's rhythm of rest is all about, it's combating that. And so today, we're gonna take the rest of the day and talk about how do I make rest an integral part of my life rhythm? Because God designed it, he put it in there. How do we do that? And the first answer is this, it's gonna be the first fill in on your message notes, is I must view rest as a spiritual exercise. I must view rest as a spiritual exercise. Now, right now, you're probably thinking, rest is spiritual? And the answer is, of course it is, because it is one of the Ten Commandments. Of all Scripture, God laid out the Ten Commandments of things that are undeniable, undebatable guidelines by which we're to live, and resting is one of those. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 9. It says this, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." So have you ever wondered 
Why rest made the top 10 list of the Bible? Why it's up there with do not murder, do not lie, do not steal, and rest? Why is rest so important to our spiritual life? Well, the answer is this, it's your next fill-in on your message notes. Observing the Sabbath rest reminds me to put God first in my life. Taking that Sabbath rest reminds us to put God first. Now, earlier this year, Pastor Mike taught a message series called The Domino Effect. It was about tithing and about giving and how when we give to God our first roots, when we give him our best, that is how we put God first. Now, if you haven't watched that message series, I totally encourage you to do it. You can do it on our Parkway Fellowship app or you can go to, go to uh, parkwayfellowship.com and watch it there. But giving God our first fruits declares that he is the most important thing. And really taking a day of rest, resting on the Sabbath, that's the same thing, it's the same idea. So think back with me for a moment, back to when we didn't have all the modern conveniences like cars and like air conditioning and grocery stores and all of that, keep scrolling in your mind all the way back to the earliest of societies where everything that you had, you had to make. Every clay jar that you held water in, you had to make. Every bit of food that you ate, you had to grow and harvest. Your livestock, you had to raise and protect and slaughter. Every item of clothing that you had, you had to make. The hut or the tent that you lived in, you had to construct it. Everything in life was a struggle and a battle just to survive every day. But then God says, take one day a week and rest and do nothing. And people are creative trying to get around things, so he even spelled it out. He said, not you, not your kids, not your servants, not even your animals, not even a foreigner. No one rests on this day. Every seven days, no exceptions. Well, but God, you know, what about this, this time, you know, when things get really busy in my life? God says no. Look at Exodus 34. Chapter 34, verse 21. God says this. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest, even during the plowing season and harvest you must rest. Now, underline, even during the plowing season and harvest. This is important to note because the plowing season and the harvesting season, they were an agrarian society. They were dependent on that for food to sustain them. And if you're a farmer or you know anyone who's a farmer, you understand that there's only a finite amount of time for you to plant. And there's only a finite amount of time for you to harvest. The seeds have to get in the soil with enough time to grow and mature and produce fruit. The harvest has to happen within a specific period of time. And if it doesn't, the food will actually go bad on the vine or on the stalk. And so God says, even during those busy seasons, you don't work. Your servants don't work. Your children don't work. Your animals don't work even during your busiest seasons. Whatever your busy season looks like, God is saying, take the Sabbath and rest. I have a friend who will not open her computer on Sundays. She, she runs conferences and conventions that start on Monday, 
and she does not open her computer on Sundays until Sunday evening is over. She starts Saturday night, won't touch it, all the way till Sunday evening. Taking a day of rest, even in your busy season. Think about your busy season and taking a day of rest. That's what the Bible people felt back in those times. In the harvest, in the plowing, God said, take a day of rest. Trust me, this day is to be committed and dedicated only to me. Back in Genesis chapter two, he said this, by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Here we go, verse three. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Now circle made it holy. It says God made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This one day of the week is blessed and sacred. And it reminds us that when we commit it to him, that we take the day and make it holy and sacred, it reminds us that he is in control, that he is our provider. No matter what season of life it is, no matter how busy we are, we rest and set aside that time to put God first. And in the midst of doing that, it enables us to connect with him and to reconnect with him every week in a way that we would not get if we don't take the time to rest. Being obedient and resting will draw you closer to the Lord. So think about your Sabbath. Do you currently commit a day of rest to the Lord? Now, you're here this morning, and that's a good thing. What about the rest of your Sunday? What about the rest of your Sabbath? Do you typically take time and spend it resting, devoting it to the Lord as holy? Or do you have a to-do list that starts as soon as you walk out those doors? Do you need to make a change in your life to give God a holy Sabbath? And remember, I'm asking the question to me too, because I'm not good at it. Now, the second thing we can do, the second way to make rest an integral part of our life rhythm is this, is number two, I must believe that my body is God's temple. I must believe that my body is God's temple. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 says this, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, whom is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now take that in for a moment. Our bodies, my body, your body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It says God lives there, God resides there. Now, if you have never made the decision to become a Christ follower, then I wanna take just a moment and talk directly to you for a moment because this is the most important decision that you will ever make. And I don't want you to consider it lightly, but I do want you to consider it today because all we've been talking about these last three weeks of being in God's rhythm being a Christ follower is a key component to that and you will never find God's rhythm for your life if you do not follow Christ. 
So if right now today there's something in you that you really can't explain, but there's like a feeling in your gut that it just seems to make sense that Jesus has what you need, then that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, telling you, you need to make a change. And turn away from the life that you've been living, a life that really is in opposition to God, and choose to follow Jesus Christ. If you feel that today, there's a sample prayer on the back of your message notes at the bottom. You can pray that today, right now, even while I'm talking. Scripture tells us that if you mean those words that you say, that your body will become the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God will come into your life right that moment. Now, if you're already a Christ follower, did you realize before today that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if so, how are you taking care of your temple? Do you treat it well? Do you keep it clean? Do you eat nutritious food? Do you, do you get enough sleep, enough rest? Are you remaining sexually pure? Do you monitor what you intake on TV? Do you, do you even really believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? All of these things, if you answer no to any one of them, I wanna challenge you to reevaluate. Based on the scripture that we just read, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's where God rests and resides. And it requires us to take care of it. And one of the main ways to take care of it is to rest. Sleep is essential to that. Did you know that 40% of people in America today, 40%, nearly half, report that they do not get the recommended eight hours of sleep every night? And if you recall earlier when I had us do the hand raise, that was pretty close to about 40%. There was about half of us that said, yes, I do, and about half that I don't. Now, here's something that may surprise you, though. When you lower the age to age 30 and below, 54% say they don't get the recommended amount of sleep. Ages 30 and below. So the younger people who need actually more sleep for their bodies are actually getting less. Netflix, Hulu, and binge watching, all of that has caused us to get less sleep and less sleep, and our younger generations are doing it. And I, I really, I, I think it's just a lack of understanding of what sleep does and the things that your body does during the sleep cycle. Now, I could bore you with the biology of what happens during sleep, but I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but I do wanna just point out a couple things so that you'll be aware of the importance that sleep has in our life. So, for instance, muscles get rebuilt from all the work that you did that day. Your muscles are repaired and rebuilt. Anytime you lift, push, stand up, any of that tears muscle fibers and your body rebuilds them. Your memory, memories and learning are solidified in the sleep cycle when your conscious mind shuts down. That's when memories and learning happen. If you're not sleeping, you're not learning like you could. And finally, your brain, the neurons actually shrink when you sleep, and that opens up more space for the CSF, the cerebrospinal fluid, to actually flow over your brain to remove the brain waste. And the more waste that you have in your brain, the harder it is to think. That's why when you don't sleep, 
you get foggy and it's hard to make decisions, it's hard to write papers and pass tests, remember? When you don't sleep, all that waste is there sitting on your brain. And studies have actually shown that sleep deprivation and intoxication impair your decision-making ability almost equally. But sleep allows those things to happen. It's important to our brain. It's important to our body, to our temple. And not just sleep. And sleep is a very important part of, of resting. But rest includes so much more. Rest is just a state of mind of just relaxing and not thinking about problems, not thinking about work, not thinking about problems at work, not thinking about things that are gonna cause you stress, just being dormant and relaxing. Rest is doing things like lying on the couch or lying by the pool or going on vacation. And speaking of vacation and Americans not being good at resting, here's something I found is interesting. Did you know that last year, Americans left 658 million days of vacation on the table. 658 million. That is 1.8 million years of paid vacation that was not taken. Staggering. And a lot of people brag about it, about how much vacation they don't take. Now, some of you in this room right now, you're from other cultures and other countries, and you're thinking, man, that's crazy. Why would you not take paid vacation? And you're talking to crazy number one, because in true confessions, I have never once in my life taken all my vacation. Never. And, and when you ask me now, I had to sit and I had to think about it. And I, and I think really the reason that I didn't do it, uh, honestly, I think it, it was almost like a badge of honor. Like, oh, I don't have to take all my vacation. I don't need it. You know, it's like there was some sort of status associated with, with taking vacation. Like, it's almost like I viewed people that took all their vacation like they were weaklings. Like, you know, well, you need vacation, but I got this. It's crazy sounding, I know. And, and the reason people don't take vacation, I'm, it's different. I mean, sometimes your employers will strong arm you into, into not taking vacation and like kind of hint that if you take vacation, you're not gonna get that promotion. And, and some people think, well, you know, I've got too much work to do to take vacation. But the truth is you have too much work to do not to take vacation. Because for you to function at your best, for you to work for you and for your family, You've gotta have downtime. You've gotta have time away from work. Now you've heard me say before, I have a friend uh, who is the rabbi for a Messianic Jewish congregation. And Messianic Jews are people who are Jewish in culture and in heritage, but they believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, is God's son and that he came to die for our sins. And they, like the Jewish tradition, observe the Sabbath very well. It's called Shabbat, and my wife and I have had some opportunities to, to go with them and be a part of their Shabbat services. It's beautiful. So much symbolism, so much ritual, um, so much just godliness that is put into that Shabbat. And so I, I called Michael and I visited with him just about the service. And one of the things he told me is he said, you know what, Shabbat is like a holiday at the end of every week. 
We work real hard. There's so many preparations that go into it. Everything they do throughout the week leads up to that Saturday Sabbath. Even all the cooking is done by Friday afternoon. So when the sun sets on Friday and their Shabbat begins, it literally is a holiday of rest for the entire family. Doesn't that sound amazing? I just came back off of a really restful and relaxing vacation. Can you imagine having that kind of feeling every week? That kind of refreshment? That's what God designed for us. He designed us to rest and really relax one day a week. And it's not just our body, it's our mind, it's everything all together. Resting has amazing benefits. Rest will refresh my creativity. Resting refreshes your creativity. That's on your fill-in for your message notes. Have you ever had a problem that you just couldn't solve, but you went to sleep, and the next day you woke up and you knew what to do? It's where that phrase, let me sleep on it, came from. Again, I don't want to go into the biology of it, but when you sleep, it's gold for solving problems and getting a fresh point of view. Also, rest increases my productivity. You think that when you stay up, you can get more done, but scientifically it's proven that when you rest, you get more done in a smaller amount of time. Lots of companies have started to figure this out. Google famously has nap pods where employees can go take a nap if they feel it. I'm all over that. I'm still working on Pastor Mike to do that. As a matter of fact, if you think we need nap pods, send an email, mike.mcgown, parkwayfellowship.com. <laughs> but seriously, rest, it, it makes us better. We're better at what we do when we rest. Rest also rejuvenates our relationships. You know, you see those Snickers commercials. You're not you when you're hungry. You know what? You're not you when you're tired. You can deal with things better. You're far less irritable. You're far more amiable and easier to get along with. You handle disappointment better. You handle frustration better when you're rested. So do you want to improve your relationships? Do you want to improve your marriage? Go to bed. <laughs> Take that to the bank, right? Rest is essential for us to function well, and God knows that. And so like a parent who looks at their child and says, you have a bedtime, that's what God did for us right here. He gave us a bedtime because he knows what our body needs. And at the end of the day, it's one of the Ten Commandments. And if we don't follow God's instructions, all of the side effects are bad, yes. But the biggest thing is, it's sin. Not following God's command to rest at the end of the day is sin. And that's not where you want to live. So as we conclude the Rhythm Series this morning, uh, you've, you've been presented with biblical examples of God's design for the rhythm of your life. Work, relationships, rest. Work, relationships, rest. Following that natural rhythm leads you to that abundant life that's promised in John 10.10. 10. Disregarding that natural rhythm 
you're going to have problems that you can't handle. You're going to have emotional, relational, physical consequences that all go with the sin of not resting, of not following your work rhythm, of not following your relationship rhythm. All of those things lead you down a path that you don't want to go and it's going to rob you of what God has planned for you. I want to encourage you today, choose God's path. Choose his abundant life. Choose God's rhythm. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, I, again, God, I, I, just, I thank you for designing this model for us, God, and laying it out so clearly. Um, this rhythm by which we can live, God, and experience the abundant life you've promised us. God, you know that I stink at resting and I need your help. God, there are people in this room who are not good at resting and, and Father, not treating your temple like it should be treated. God, I pray that you would just help us today. You would help us change so that we can take care of our body in a way that glorifies you and that benefits us. God, help us to place our trust in you so that we live with you at the forefront of our vision, setting aside a Sabbath day of rest for you every week. Even today, God, clear our schedules this afternoon so that we can relax and rest in your Sabbath. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.